Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. This is the Falcoholic Podcast, the official podcast of the Atlanta Falcons on the SB Nation Podcast Network. And Evan Birchfield, my co-host, is here. We finally, finally have a good win to talk about, man. It took mm-hmm. five weeks. It took them going to another continent. But the Atlanta Falcons got a win that we can sort of um, celebrate for once. And yeah, this feels like a good one. Uh, how you doing, man? I am good. Um, yeah, it's one that you can kind of feel good about finally uh referencing the giants game where it was pretty much a nail biter down till the end and they didn't play relatively good in that game anyways but this game it felt um you know for probably 90 percent of the game uh maybe you know even slightly more than that uh the falcons were good (laughs) and the much better team overall so yeah Yeah, let's get into it yeah they they went to london to play a home game um which is Frustrating, but uh, here it is. They won 27 to 20 against the New York Jets. The Jets fall to one and three. The Falcons, I'm sorry, the Jets fall to one and four. The Falcons improve their record to two and three as they head into their bye week. Next opponent will be the Miami Dolphins two weeks from now. Um, so this one, Evan, I feel like is a story about just a handful of players. Mm-hmm. Uh, and give me your take. Who are the guys that uh, are the big story from this game for the Falcons? I think the obvious one's Kyle Pitts, who had finally had his kind of coming out party, like just dominated uh, nine receptions, 119 yards, touchdown. I shared on Twitter, um, there was a video of one of his catches, and he just makes it look so easy. It was one handed oh, catch. It was ridiculous. Um, he literally looks like a wide receiver out there. Um, I mean, it was, it was bound to happen. We just didn't know when it would happen. Um, and, you know, the stars kind of aligned against the Jets because there was no Calvin Ridley, um, you know, no Russell Gage. Uh, Ryan had to throw it to somebody. And if it wasn't going to Cordero Patterson, it was going to Kyle Pitts. So uh, I'm happy for him. I'm glad he finally got to break out. And um, I don't see how you just kind of shy away from him going forward. He clearly showed that he needs to be involved in the uh, – offense oh yeah yeah and this was a game with calvin ridley russell gage out um a game with numerous mistakes uh and we'll talk about that in a little bit uh for me the standout guy uh obviously i'm with you on kyle pitts but i think matt ryan uh Mm -hmm. continued to show why it makes sense to keep him as your qb1 for now um he was absolutely on point for the entire afternoon uh, and honestly, again, I feel like this is the second week in a row. Were it not for some key drops, this is not even a close game. This this is this turns into a sort of a runaway game. Um, but here are some stats to to keep in mind. All right, so Matt Ryan, first of all, broke two records in this game. Um, mm-hmm. He passed the five thousand completions mark. Uh, only two other quarterbacks have done that: Tom Brady, Ben Roethlisberger. Um, so he is now the third to, de- to ever do that in NFL history. So yet another milestone for this quarterback. Um, and he passed Eli Manning 
for, I believe, number eight on the all-time yardage list. So, I, <laughs> I mean, in a day where, uh, you know, everyone's talking about these scrambling quarterbacks and, and the arm talent and all this, Matt Ryan continues to just produce and produce and produce and produce. And today he did the same thing. And uh, the last three weeks, this is from uh, Michael Rothstein. He tweeted this out earlier. Matt Ryan, the last three weeks, 868 yards, eight touchdowns, no interceptions, um, which is bonkers. On the year, Matt Ryan is 204, uh, or sorry, uh, 141 uh, completions out of 240 attempts, which is 69%, 1,332 yards, 10 touchdowns, three interceptions, uh, 6.5 yards per attempt. Um, this offense is getting better. And mm -hmm. this quarterback, I think, is beginning to really grasp what they want to do. And he has looked sharp. He has looked in control. First three weeks were rough. I, I would say the last two have been exceptional. Um, so he is my standout player for the game. And speaking of offense, Evan, why don't you tell us how the stats in this game played out? Yep. So Matt Ryan had 33 completions for through uh 342 yards two touchdowns passer rating of 109.7 as you mentioned just a tremendous day by matt ryan as it's been you know he hasn't been the reason they've lost games except you could i guess say the tampa game where there was two interceptions but those right. were kind of fluky um but yeah he he had another great game um and then on the ground uh cordero patterson uh had 14 carries for 54 yards and through the air, he had seven receptions for 60 yards. Just another flex, you know, play uh, day for Cordero Patterson, where he's <laughs> used through the air and on the ground. Um, he's really is like a true X factor for this offense. Yep. Uh, Mike Davis had 13 carries, 53 yards, and a late touchdown. That's his first uh, rushing touchdown on the season. He had a receiving uh, touchdown, uh, I think it was last week, wasn't it? Yes, sure um, and then we saw one carry for two yards by Wayne Gallman. I, I think a lot of people got excited when they brought in Wayne Gallman. I think he's literally just going to be running back three at this point because Davis and Patterson, that combination, they're basically, it's kind of silly, but they're basically combining to be one person on the ground. Uh, they're, they're basically together RB1. Which um, is funny because uh, to that point, they did their press conference together. The two of them. Oh, did there work. you go. Yeah. So I, I love that point because they actually now are sort of morphing into like a, like a power ranger morphing. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it was a good day on the ground overall when you consider it because Patterson had 3.9 yards per carry 4.1 yards per carry for Mike Davis. I mean, I'll take that um, through the years. I mentioned Kyle Pitts, nine receptions, 119 yards touchdown, one of which went for 39 yards. He, uh, he is everything we hoped he would be. If you watch that game, like you, he, there's no way you came, came away going, man, this guy's not really good. Like he's, he's something. Um, and I mentioned Patterson already, Tajay Sharp, uh, four receptions, 53 yards. Hayden Hurst, he had a fumble, but we won't hold it against him because we won. Uh, he had four receptions, 40 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Lee Smith, the great Lee Smith, three uh, receptions, 30 yards. And that basically does it. Yeah, and I, I want to point out for the second week in a row, the Falcons faced a defensive line with a lot of talent on it. This Jets defensive front, actually, they terrified me. Um, they're a, a defense front that has gotten 13 sacks on the year. They uh, use a lot of stunts. Uh, they're very effective as a, as a team rushing unit. A um, couple of guys with three and a half, three sacks, Quinn Williams, um, 
Franklin Thomas, I think it was, and just Franklin Myers. Uh, they are they were a very good defensive front coming into this game. And I want to point out, yet again, second week in a row, the Falcons offense gave Matt Ryan time in the pocket throughout most of the afternoon. Um, I, I don't think he was sacked all day, as a matter of fact. Uh, now, that's not to say there wasn't pressure. There were times where he was pressured, clearly. Uh, and the offensive line was not perfect. Uh, they had some key penalties uh, that they were they were able to overcome. But yet again, Matt Ryan was able to challenge downfield more. Um, he was able to stretch out the defense. And, of course, that opens up the stuff underneath. And this, if you're going to look for a takeaway from this Falcons offense, it's a really big positive that's sort of flying under the radar. It's the fact that the past two weeks they've faced off against some really good defensive fronts and they're beginning to win. And today they won on the ground. And, uh, you know, Mike Davis was averaging average 4.1 yards per carry Patterson, 3.9 yards per carry. You have to take into account what Davis, one of those was like the two yard punch in for the touchdown. So, mm-hmm. um, but for the most part, they were having success in the running game against a very good defensive front. Um, if they can keep this up, guys like Jalen Mayfield, Matt Hennessy, they don't have to be the best in the world, but if they are simply serviceable, if they're decent, um, which I think is what we're, we're seeing as far as a trend line, like they're improving, they're, they're getting better. There are some bumps in the road, but they're getting better. If this offensive line can begin to really click in you know week seven and on, this offense could really take off uh, in you know twenty seven points today, and that was again with some key fumbles, key drops throughout the game uh, last week. You know the the thirty points that they put on the board. I'm actually really, I, I'm, I'm cautiously excited about the development of this Falcons offensive line. Uh, and I, I feel like it's going, it's going to get overlooked because the numbers from Pitts and Matt Ryan uh, and Patterson are all phenomenal. But this offensive line is starting to deliver. And I don't know what you think about that, Evan, but I'm, I'm actually beginning to feel like pieces are beginning to fall into place for, uh, for uh, head coach Arthur Smith. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, me and you both follow PFF and you can't go totally on what they say. Like they'll probably right. come out tomorrow and th- they'll have Mayfield as like, a 30 it, it's like <laughs> i didn't i didn't see anything in that game where i was like you know and this might truly be the first time this year where i'm like oh mayfield looks you know not great there like mm-hmm. like it, it was everybody was serviceable um it, they weren't costing uh the falcons you know much uh you know on downs and stuff uh I didn't see, there wasn't a ton of penalties. I think i remember like jake matthews had like a false start which to be honest wasn't even like it was kind of close. I yeah. didn't even think it was like a true false start. Um, but no, I, I like what we're seeing from uh, this offensive line. You got to keep in mind, uh, we've talked about Mayfield a ton. He's switched to a new position. Mm-hmm. He's, you know, this was his fifth uh, fifth start. Um, Matt Hennessy, he made, this would be technically his seventh start at center, um, dating back to last year. So he's, you know, very young too. Like I'm, I'm hopeful. I think this offensive line's, you know, getting it together as you know the season goes on, and that's something to look forward to. Yeah, and that's again a lot of this season is about what are you building. You know, we right. all know the Falcons roster has problems, and they it's certainly a roster that is going to have a hard time surviving a lot of injuries like what they're seeing right now. And then you know, add on top of that, Calvin Ridley being out for personal reasons, and that's. Like coming into this game, I was actually very pessimistic. Um, so I'm mm-hmm. very excited about this win. I felt like there were just way too many things 
uh, stacked up against the Falcons, even though and, the Jets are not a good team. And also, you know, it's worth noting Chris Lindstrom has continuously played as, you know, and PFF's backed that up too. Like he's, I think, second best right guard in the NFL right now. Yeah. Um, and he didn't start off being amazing. He had that injury, if you recall, like oh, um, yeah. his Great rookie point. season. And now look at him. You know, that's why you don't just bail on these guys. Uh, after, after one a game. Couple, right. <laughs> Especially like when they're playing a position, they literally did not play in college. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm very hopeful. Um, you know, you always keep in mind that it's the Jets. But as you mentioned, the Jets defense wasn't a cakewalk, um, even though the Falcons early made it seem so. Um, so, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm optimistic after seeing this game. I'm not going to say uh we're going to playoffs or something crazy no, no. but but like i feel much better after this game than honestly i've felt you know obviously it's a win but after any of the games this year this is the best feeling right now yeah and to me when you can overcome injuries when you can overcome uh fumbles and turnovers um when you can overcome you know special teams gaffes uh and still you know, win this game uh, by a touchdown. You, you take that and you run with it. And I know it's a quote unquote a home game, but they're on the road. It makes it harder. They're playing, you know, at a weird time for their body clock. These London games tend to be really ugly in general uh, because of that. Um, and I actually felt like the Falcons probably left a touchdown or two on the field. And mm-hmm. you add that in and they, you know, last week they, they scored 30. I think if you take away like that Hayden Hurst fumble uh, in the first half, uh, you had Mike Davis's fumble, which was on the drive where they were driving down the field again. You know, even if you just give them a field goal in both of those instances, and they were in field goal position for both of those, that's 33 points with the potential of being um, 40 points. Again, this Falcons offense, without Calvin Ridley, without Russell Gage today, put up 27 against a good defensive front. And there, I, I Arthur Smith has gotten a lot of criticism the last week uh, for what happened in Washington, and I understand it. You know, I feel like a lot of that is warranted. I feel it was overblown given the, everything else that happened in the game. But today, I feel like he learned lessons from that. He closed out this game brilliantly. Like when they had, I think it was six minutes left on the clock. The first call was a deep pass to Kyle Pitts um, over the middle, which went for almost forty mm-hmm. yards. Um, so he clearly did not go too conservative. Yeah. I was one of the people that was harsh on him last week because yeah, rightfully it was, it was a total, you know, switch. And I'm, I was happy to see it that when the Falcons got up, he kept the pedal to the metal. He didn't let off the gas. Yep. And that is, I, I feel like the thing that we forget is we always think about Kyle Pitts uh, or I'm sorry, Kyle Shanahan in 2016 and we forget the learning curve of 2015 and if you go back and look the middle of the falcon season under Kyle Shanahan in 2015 was god awful they struggled mm-hmm. so hard to move the ball to score um what we're seeing now i think is arthur smith beginning to figure out what does what doesn't work the guys he can turn to how to use certain guys and this was similar to what he had in his first year in Tennessee before they brought in Ryan Tannehill and started having more success. Um, his first, you know, several games in Tennessee in 2019 were rough and it really didn't get going until, you know, close to the midway point of the season for the Titans. 
And then from that point forward, like they got going pretty consistently. So I'm, I don't want to get ahead of myself here. This defense still has issues. They still have some key injuries and it's, you know, they've got some difficult teams coming up over the middle stretch of the season, but this is a promising win. And it's a promising win, not necessarily that this is a playoff team, but this team is beginning to build something for the future. And that's what is getting me excited right now. I agree. All right. We're going to talk about the defense, what they did in this game. And I, and I do want to highlight, as uh, we mentioned earlier, what happened with special teams and discuss that a little bit. But before we do that, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. This is Advertiser Content, brought to you by Frito-Lay. Hello, I'm Chip Murphy, here to get you ready for the big tournament. Tonight, we'll break down... We break down who will be cutting... Cut! What are you two doing? Sorry, Chip. Prez here got his feathers ruffled when I told him Ruffles has zero chance of winning the title. And I was letting Dip know that she is not taking into account Ruffles' iconic ridges. Guys! It's March. We have to start talking about the tournament. We are. It is the 2023 Frito-Lay Snack-It. We're talking about big-time matchups between Cheetos, Smart Food, Lay's, Sun Chips, and more. Just head to the Frito-Lay Snack Bracket and vote for your favorite chip, pretzel, or dip for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. This sounds great. Keep up the good work. Just go to frito No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends 4-3-2023. Void wherever hidden. Here's worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. And we're back on the Falcoholic Podcast. This is Dave Walker. I'm joined by Evan Birchfield. We're talking about the Falcons win in London, 27-20. to The Falcons go to 2-3. and three. The Jets drop to 1-4. and four. Really important win for the Falcons to stay in the playoff hunt, if you still think that that is a potential for this team. And we talked about the offense, who was exceptional on the day. Let's talk about the defense. This was, um, in my mind, a performance that I think when you factor in everything, it was an okay performance for the defense. And I I say that they held the Jets to 20. uh, And realistically, one of those touchdowns was sort of given to the Jets by our special teams. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, but, you know, they've got a rookie quarterback who's been struggling for most of the season, Zach Wilson. Um, he looked like he was struggling again in this game. Uh, but the Falcons were missing several key guys. Isaiah Oliver, um, obviously our slot corner, was out. Uh, we finally saw some of uh, Richie Grant. We'll talk about him in a little bit. Um, and Jalen Hawkins and what he did in this game. Fabian Moreau left. Yeah, Fabian Moreau went out, I think, uh, with uh, was a concussion. I can't remember this. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Um, So the Falcons have sort of been getting uh, beat up on both sides of the ball. Uh, And this was already with Eric Harris. I think – I don't think he played. I think – was he ruled out? I can't remember. Eric Harris, yeah. He was a um, – he was a uh, inactive. Okay, so he was – uh, one of their starting safeties, their best uh, coverage safety this year so far, Eric Harris was out. So the Falcons defense also had several uh, setbacks from a personnel standpoint, and yet they were able to hold the Jets to 20. They got some key third down stops. We saw one of our young rookies get a sack in this game. Um, so Evan, who stood out for you on the Falcons defense against this uh, Jets team? Um, I mean, I guess Richie Grant, you know, because he was somebody who, 
probably aside from Kyle Pitts, I was looking forward to seeing most this season. Yeah, we saw some of him and he looked good. Um, obviously, uh, I'm going to butcher this name, but Ungunj- did you know what you say it because DW Ogundeji exactly that's what <laughs> I meant. Um, he you know he got a sack obviously which is great but there was one play where um he hit the uh, jets receiver like at the line of scrimmage and oh yeah it was a perfect open form field tackle. tackle oh it was yeah. beautiful yeah um you know seeing tio Toti mariner who i just butchered his name too um had a sack that was good um you know it was nice to see aj terrell back in the swing of things grady Jarrett is still amazing um but i mean it was it, nobody really like stood out stood out and i think that was you know something that was good because it's like the whole defense just played well together uh jalen hawkins subbing in um you know he he for eric harris he played good too so yeah had the interception today as well yeah yeah so i I mean i i liked what we saw from the defense seeing uh darren hall for i think the first time this season um Mm -hmm. being active uh was good too yeah and Look, this is a Falcons defense that's got a lot of young guys. They brought in veterans to help, you know, patch some holes and to you know, be essentially one-year uh, rentals, guys like Deron Harmon. Um, Jalen Hawkins jumped to pass, uh, made that interception, which was fantastic. Uh, as you mentioned, it was really nice to see Richie Grant in there and, and making plays too, not just like getting blown up as a rookie. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I know a lot of people, you know, were, were, I saw them tweeting this during the game. They're like, oh, um, tell me why Richie Grant wasn't, uh, on the field up until now. I mean, I understand that, but at the same time, I feel like we should also give the coaching staff some credit in the fact that then that when they did put him on the field, he looked competent and he looked good at times. And I feel like we sort of get ahead of ourselves and, and think, Oh, well, he would have always looked this way. Well, maybe not. You know, if we start him in week one, it may not have been the same Richie Grant we saw today, perhaps these, you know, several weeks on the bench, uh, and getting him in the classroom and, and helping him to learn what they need from him in this defense, perhaps that's what prepared him to look better today. Well, that so, happens with like all rookies all the time. I oh, mean, sure. I think the yeah. most famous one is where the Chiefs had Patrick Mahomes benched for an entire season. Right. Like, but you could easily just yell at them and be like, why didn't you play him from week one? Maybe yeah. sitting him on the bench did him some good. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And you know, it, it's funny because you even see that like with the, the Packers years ago when they had um, right. you know, Aaron Rodgers on the bench and, and he comes in and starts lighting it up you know, as a starter. And people are like, oh, why didn't we move on from far sooner? I'm like, well, uh, maybe that time on the bench is actually what prepared uh, Aaron Rodgers to come in and be that guy. Mm-hmm. There's uh, a lot we don't see in practice. Exactly. I promise you that. Yeah. So I, and I especially with defensive coordinator Dean Pease, it's like. This guy has a great reputation. If he was sitting Richie Grant for a while, it was probably for a reason. And them putting him in here, uh, you know, and again, I don't think he played like a ton of snaps. He, he, he was in there a good bit, though. Um, it, Dean Pease deserves the benefit of the doubt from the history he has in the NFL. And seeing Richie Grant succeed, I think, was, you know, encouraging. So, all right, I glossed over this, but uh, Evan, Tell us what the Jets did on offense on the day, including their rookie quarterback, Zach Wilson. Yeah, um, it was, you know, Zach Wilson. It's like this whole offseason we heard about the quarterbacks, obviously, because the Falcons were kind of one of the team's rumored, you know, to take one. So it was nice to see Zach Wilson finally. Um, But he did not have a great day. Uh, (laughs) 
<laughs> 19 completions on 32 attempts, 192 yards, zero touchdowns, a interception, and 63.5 passer rating. I will say he did look um, really mobile in the pocket. There was some times where he was extending the plays for the Jets, um, even though he'd like he, one of which he ended up getting sacked again by uh, uh, I think it was Mariner. Um, so yeah, yes. it's just not a great day for him. Um, Michael Carter, I believe, is one of two Michael Carters on uh, the Jets team. He had 10 <laughs> carries for 38 yards and a touchdown. And then uh, Johnson also, four carries, 12 yards, and a touchdown. We saw a little bit of Tevin Coleman, which we'll talk about in a second because his biggest day was in special teams. Mm-hmm. Um, but outside of that, Corey Davis was their number one receiver. He had four receptions, 45, uh, 45 yards. Um, Keelan Cole had two receptions, 38 yards. Denzel Mims, two receptions, 33 yards. They just really couldn't get anything going through the air. And I think a lot of that had to do with, uh, I mean, obviously the Falcons secondary, but the Falcons pass rush actually like helped a lot. So, which is rare to, which is rare to say, and probably won't be said often, but (laughs) it definitely played a part today. (laughs) Yeah. I think when I looked into this game, the Jets offensive line is fine on the edges, but they were a little bit exposed as pass blockers on the interior. Both guards and their center are not particularly great um, pass blockers. And I think we saw that today with uh, Grady Jarrett, the, the the sack from Ogan Deji, which was fantastic to see the rookie get that. Um, that sack was set up by Grady Jarrett eating the entire offensive line alive on that play. Right. Like he blew up. <laughs> I feel like he blew up the the center, the left guard, and then the right guard sort of panicked when he saw Grady eating them uh, and tearing their flesh apart. So it was like five guys on the ground. When that <laughs> it, was, it was amazing, <laughs> uh, and that that's where you know Grady Jarrett. He doesn't get the stat, but he. 100% set up that sack by Ogundeji. Uh, and then the sack by Tuyoti Mariner was more of a, um, like, Wilson just being a complete knucklehead, like mm-hmm. a poor, you know, but he gets the sack, whatever. You know, I think he has two on the year now. Yeah, it was basically Mariner uh, went for it, and he just avoided Mariner, and then somehow Mariner was able to get up and sack him again. So. Yeah, yeah. And <laughs> Uh, that is, I mean, it still counts, and they lost 17 yards on that play, right. which is phenomenal. <laughs> um, but yeah, I don't, I'm not like writing home about uh, Ogundeji and Tuatimarini becoming 16 sack guys. That's not no. what happened today. Um, however, again, the defense I felt like with all the challenges in front of them played pretty well. Richie Grant, Darren Hall, two are rookies, finally getting in there, getting some snaps. Um, you know, AJ Terrell, he did have one bad pass interference, but. You know, for the most part, I think it was solid on the day. And, you know, that is the story again with the defense. We've got young guys. We want to see how they develop. And I think we saw a step forward by some of those guys today. So that's, that is promising. Um, the one thing, though, that is, you know, I mentioned a little bit earlier, the, the Jets scored 20 points, but I feel like one of those touchdowns was set up yet again, Evan, by special teams. So give us a recap of what happened to start the second half. Just like a, it was like deja vu going back to the the last week when the, we sort of had the same sort of, you know, miscue by special teams to start the second half. Yeah. So um, Tevin Coleman, you might recall Tevin Coleman, former Atlanta Falcons running back who now plays for the Jets. He had a, I believe it was a 65 yard um, kick return that seemed like it was going to go to the house. Um, and if you recall last week against Washington, they literally let them score a kick return touchdown out of the half. 
something's going on with the Falcons coverage, like right out of the half um, because they're costing them touchdowns. That's too, you know, obviously Coleman didn't score, but it led to good field position, which led to a touchdown. So that's two touchdowns straight out of the half. Um, and I know Arthur Smith was mad because you could see it on, on TV, but that's something to watch going forward. Cause I don't know what the deal is with that. Yeah, that is hopefully, um, I think it's Marquise Williams, our special teams coordinator. Yeah. He's going to focus in on that over the bye week. But as you know, this uh, two weeks in a row. Come on, guys. Like, it really it has set up our team where the Falcons went into the half with a 20 to three lead. And by the time they got the ball in the second half, a touchdown was already put back on the board for, for the Jets. And that is, you know, if when you're trying to build the right culture, that kind of stuff can set you back when you're, when you're giving up tons of yards, you're giving up a touchdown on special teams. So yeah, this, this has to get cleaned up. I think it will, because for the most part, special teams coverage has not been much of an issue this year, except for those two distinct uh, (laughs) moments. So um, (laughs) I'll also say we need to get um, young way coup off of the kickoff duties. Cause he doesn't seem to be a guy that can consistently punch it um, out of bounds and enforce uh, the touchback. Teams are regularly returning the ball against the Falcons with Koo kicking it. So hopefully they'll you know, find a solution to this. And I love young Wei Koo, and I love what he's done for this team. But I feel like that's not a strong suit of his game. And, you know, when we had like, you know, Bosher years ago kicking off or um, even uh, Nizalek, you know, this year, Getting those touchbacks is incredibly helpful and avoids these kind of situations to begin with. Mm. So, you know, no knock on coup. It's just not part of his game. So don't come for me. Wow, I can't believe DW hates coup. Oh, no. <laughs> don't do that. <laughs> <laughs> tell, tell your friends. Tell your friends DW hates Young Way Koo. Uh, <laughs> please do not. I am a big Young Way Koo fan. Oh, my God. And he had uh, yet another good game for the Falcons. So please, please don't come after me. Oh, man, now I'm flustered. Here we go. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, the, the special teams, I think, if they can get this cleaned up, you know, these two last games are, you know, they win against Washington, and this game is not close. So, yeah, this is where, again, this team has to be better in all the phases, and hopefully this will be something they correct. Uh, but right now, these last two games are sort of, you know, looking at special teams. You guys got to fix this, man. Uh, Coach Williams got to do better. All right, Evan, any final thoughts on this game, this critical win for the Falcons in week five? Uh, no, just hope, you know, everything rolls over. We got a bye week coming up, so um, they're going to have plenty of time to prepare for their next game. But, uh, you know, I just hope Pitts, you know, this kind of continues. I don't want to see him go back to being kind of like a second or third guy, like, it, it clearly showed the offense um, through the air going to him like is a key to succeeding. Um, I love, you know, seeing Patterson involved in the run and the air. Um, mm-hmm. But outside of that, I mean, you know, I'm just happy for the win. Uh, my advice to everyone's enjoy it and then enjoy the bye week. And, you know, that's, that's basically it. <laughs> yes. hundred um, percent. Yeah, the Jets for the second week in a row faced a team without their two top wide receivers, and they could not capitalize on it. The Falcons, um, 
win what I think is actually a, a, a big boost for their morale um, and a game that as they go into the bye, they're going to be able to take a lot of positives away from this. And even though I'm not a big fan of early bye weeks, this one could serve this team well. Uh, they will face the Dolphins when they come back in two weeks, and uh, they've got a tough stretch of games there in the middle of the schedule. But right now, this offense seems to be getting on the right track. If they can keep this up, if they can keep Kyle Pitts involved, as you mentioned, and if this offensive line can continue to improve, even if just incrementally, week over week, this could be a team that goes into 2022 and really finishing out the season um, with a lot of momentum and even the potential to build something uh, really promising for the long term. And that, my friends, gives me a lot of optimism uh, after this game, something we haven't had for several, several weeks now. <laughs> All right, Evan, tell our listeners where they can find you and what you've got going on. Yeah, you can find me on Twitter at Evan Birchfield. Um, just go to thefalcon.com for literally everything, even during the bye week. Um, we'll have content. Um, yeah, follow the Instagram page, the underscore falcolic. And uh, that's about it. Um, thanks for listening to me and DW, uh, you know, every week, and we appreciate it. And uh, I guess we're taking a – are we still doing – there's probably no post game next week, but no, no maybe we'll do we'll do a little pod to, you know, talk about. We could stuff. recap the uh, NFC South game. That that works. Or also, if you have any questions, send them in. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, we may may do a Q and A heading into the bye week. Great job, great idea. Um, all right. As for me, guys, you can follow me on Twitter at FalcoholicDW. Uh, updates for this podcast at Falcoholic Pod, and of course, our articles daily at thefalcoholic.com. For Evan Birchfield, this is David Walker. Thank you guys for listening in. We'll talk with you next time.